All right, welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This week we have a great album battle for you. And when I say we, of course I'm referring to the show's one and only historian and official translator, Kirsty in Perth. Kirsty, how are you? Hi, good, thank you. How are you? Doing good, doing good, thank you. And uh, next up I have the flip-flop thong Horseshite guru, Matthew. Ah, I'm kidding. He called in sick today, so he's had some home issues uh, with some uh, air conditioning issues, and it's been a major problem for this week. So we'll miss you this week, Matt. Yes, I'm pretty sad about this. Yeah, and we're doing an episode this week that's going to be a really good album battle. We'll talk about it here in a little bit, but it was. It's sad that Matt can't be here because this album battle was his idea. So, and when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this will be a good one." So, and I think you agreed. So, yeah, I so, think I did. <laughs> so, without Matt here, um, and I will say, I asked Matt to send me his selections that he chose, his uh, choices on the albums, and he also sent me what he listened to, and he sent me his podcast that he listened to. So, let's find out what Kirsty listened to first, Kirsty. Okay, I've listened to Master of Puppets in the car with my kids because, um, as you know, we've been binging Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and that, that song was featured, and I mm-hmm. thought I might be able to spark their interest. And, and how'd it um, go? They put their headphones on to something <laughs> else, but, but I enjoyed it. There you um, go. We also played Gravity Won't Get You High by the Greats again, and everyone in the family loves that. Okay. Um. I've listened to Ghost again. It's been a while now. I'm still really enjoying it. Back on the ghost. A little bit of We Don't Talk About Bruno on the school run. <laughs> um, Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan. Ooh. And then on the on the day I was listening to them, after that, I heard that you'd been listening to them as well. So Indeed. Pretty, um, yeah. My parents used to play their albums a lot, and I've seen them twice. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, so once in England. Um, yeah. Once outdoors in Australia with my husband, who got really bored, mm, he yeah. turned to me at one point and he said, "When is this song going to end?" <laughs> yeah, they're kind of they kind of have a jam well, element. So it was like, "Well, I don't know." <laughs> yeah, it was quite cold that night, though. That's really cool. I'm envious. Um, I've also seen a really good cover band called Nearly Dan in the UK Nearly. that I can highly recommend. Ah, cool, cool. I've played Accept, Too Mean to Die, from 2021, just some straight-ahead heavy metal. Okay. I've played that song from Murders in the Room Org that uh, Matt recommended. <laughs> um, I, I played the 15 seconds that, that he recommended because you, you mentioned it on Twitter. <laughs> the, the funny thing was, first of all, I listened to Two Murders in the Room Org live by Paul Diano, but it was a different album. Okay. And it was still bad. <laughs> I thought I had the right one, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Anyway, so then I had to listen to Made in Japan to make everything okay again, because I do love him, really. Yeah, yeah. And I've listened to lots of new singles. Aha, okay. uh-huh, I've got a new single called I'm In. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm not into it. Okay. Uh, it's just a ballad. It was a bit boring. So I played the album Hunting High and Low. I probably haven't played since the 80s. Okay. And um, yeah, really got straight back into that i could remember everything just like it was the 80s again um the cult give me mercy 
Is that like their, that that's the new lot. single? Yeah, the new single. Oh, nice. That sounds like it would fit in with their 80s songs. That was pretty good. Muse, Kill or Be Killed. That's another new song. I want to ask yep. you on the Colt song. Um, yeah. You said it would sound like some of their 80s material. What, like, is there a particular album you would liken it to? Maybe Love. I don't Ooh. know, really. Okay. But, yeah, it was good. You'll like it oh, cool. when you get around to hearing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the Muse song, that's pretty good. A bit heavier than their usual stuff. Still really epic. Listen to the new Aussie song, Degradation Rules. Okay. With Tony Iommi. Which yeah. Is, uh, good to hear them again together. You haven't heard that one yet, have you? I, I have not heard that. I've heard like a very no. small snippet so of you, it. Did you hear the beginning bit of it? I don't think Maybe. so. I don't know if I should say anything. Yeah, don't, don't. Just, okay. Um but uh, the uh, other song, Patient Number Nine, uh-huh. with Jeff Beck, that's really grown on me. I'm really enjoying that song at the moment. Oh, cool. Um, and Voyager have got a new single out called Submarine. And I was very excited about that. I played it several times a day since it came out, and it's got a really great video. And I would probably have played a couple of their albums as well this week, and that's about it. Okay, okay. Well, let's find out what the horse shite guru <laughs> listened to. Um, and and my explanations of what he listened to will be a lot shorter than his. So um, he's got, I'll go band album. Uh, he's got Primal Fear, Jaws of Death, which came out in 1999, he says. Uh, the band Cream, uh, Wheels of Death. I'm assuming that's the Eric Clapton band, uh, Cream. Uh, he listened to Silicon Messiah by Blaze Bailey. He listened to Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, of course. Mm-hmm. He listened to Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister. Scream for Me Brazil by Bruce Dickinson. Uh, Violent Revolution by Creator. Uh, the Final Frontier by Iron Maiden. Sound of White Noise by Anthrax. Tenth Dimension by Blaze Bailey. So Far, So Good, So What by Megadeth. That probably rings a bell for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peace Sells, But Who's Buying by Megadeth. I had a craving for that one this week. Uh, I didn't listen to it, though. Um, And lastly, he listened to his favorite album by Iron Maiden, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. So week for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for myself, I listened to I listened to a lot. I was I was on a cross country drive this week with a lot, a lot, a lot of drive. I had a couple of days where it was just getting the truck to drive my turn, and all I did was drive the whole day, no stops until it was my turn turn to go back to sleep. So I had a lot of time to listen, and so I did some listening from what I had, and then I decided to get on YouTube because I wanted to hear something. Something popped into my head. And then I listened to a couple of other things on YouTube as well, just because I thought, you know, I never do that. So let's try something different. So um, I listened to uh, Akadaka. I listened to the album TNT, which I guess was the original Australian version, which was kind of like high voltage, except it had just a little bit of different uh, track listing. I also listened to high voltage too, because the, the production on TNT was different a little bit. Like there was like there were subtle differences. So I wanted to hear the more polished version just to see if I could really hear the differences. And I thought I could. So it sounded pretty cool. 
Um, I listened to 74 Jailbreak, which is something I haven't heard since probably the mid 80s, since it came out. And there was a couple songs on there that I just fell in love with all over again that I couldn't even remember hearing back then. So that was a that was a good one. Uh, Flick of the Switch, listen to that one. And I listened to Power Up, the newest one. Cool. What was that song that you tricked me into listening to, ACDC song? Tricked you into listening to? Uh... Yeah, you remember you sent me a video on Messenger. Okay. And I watched the whole video. And yeah. um, all it was, was you playing a song from Fly on the Wall. I think it was Fly on the Wall. Oh, it was the song Fly on the I Wall, yeah. The, I got to the end of the album, uh, end of the video. And I'm like, oh, I've just listened to a whole ACDC song. That was only, it was only the it beginning. Was just a video of your record player. Yeah, I had bought the record and I was like, I was like, I thought it was pretty, I was like, I can't believe I just bought the fly on the wall record. <laughs> so, uh, and I do have a, um, I'm, I have a, a copy of Flick of the Switch on vinyl behind me as well now. Um, and, and true to uh, the original cassette that I had it's a vinyl one but it's not cassette but it still has uh, manufactured by Columbia House with license or something like that so it's a Columbia House album so oh, I thought that cool. was kind of funny now I th- when I what got me on YouTube was I was um <laughs> I don't know if you would have ever heard of this band but um there was a there was it was an offshoot of another band that I that I'll mention in a minute, but a song got in my head and I have no idea why. <laughs> and the name of the song was called No Glove, No Love. <laughs> um, it was by a band called M.O.D., which was an offshoot of the band called S.O.D., which was just basically a joke band yep. that was uh, Billy Milano, who was a roadie for Anthrax. And then it was uh, Scott Ian and Charlie Benante of Anthrax. And then Dan Lilker, who had been in Anthrax, the bass player. He was also the bass player in Nuclear Assault. So M.O.D. was just basically Billy Milano and a band he put together because those other three guys had their own, you know, real bands that they were doing. And No Glove, No Love was an M.O.D. song. So I was just like, man, I haven't heard that in forever. And it's a lot of super, super crass lyrics that there's no way they could release nowadays ever like without the whole idiotic cancel culture coming down on them and not being able to take a joke, you know? So I pulled up a USA for M O D uh, and I listened to that and it didn't even have the song I was that I thought I was listening to it for, but I just listened to it and I cringed at some of the lyrics, but I still laughed at them. I was, you know, give you as an adult compared to listening to it as a, uh, you know, 15, 16 year old kid. Um, some of this, it just made me just bust out laughing. Some of the lyrics were so funny and some of them were just so, so crude and crass and, um, politically incorrect these days. Oh, I just, it, it, that even made me laugh more. Cause I just, I, I, I have a sense of humor and I won't give it up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, USA for MOD. And then I also went and listened to the follow up to that. I believe it was called gross misconduct, which did have the song, no glove, no love. I don't think there's an explanation needed for what that means. <laughs> Uh, it's just about a band being on the road. But um, like I said, I laughed a lot at those albums. And uh, then I also listened to something that Matt listened to. I listened to Silicon Messiah by Blaze Bailey. And I also listened to uh, the first Infinite Entanglement album. 
And I will say this. I think a while back you mentioned that you listened to the new Wolfsbane album, correct? Yes. I tried to listen to the new Wolfsbane album. I got about two and a half songs in and I just couldn't take it. I was just like, this isn't what I like Blaze for. I like Blaze for his power medley, serious, serious lyrics. And I was like, just the goofy nature of it and the the you know matt called it more fun natured i guess and it just yeah it, it is fun um i think because um i liked wolf spain before okay Blaise bailey was in iron maiden okay okay that makes so, a lot. yeah that's probably why yeah I, I tried and i just i made it a couple songs and i was just like ah, i can't do this it's just not for me like my favorite song that he did was i like it hot and there was like it's just like a really fun song there's nothing yeah serious like on his metal albums at all yeah 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 so, but I, I talked to Matt during the week one time and I was just kind of telling him that and he was like, Oh really? I've real, I've been going back to that one <laughs> to start laughing. Yeah. Um, now an album that I got, uh, when it came out last, it might've been earlier this year. And I just, I listened to it a couple of times and I put it down for a while was KK's priest, uh, KK Downing's band with, uh, Tim Ripper Owens and sermons of the center. And I had a craving to listen to this during the week and I put it on and I listened to it about three times. And I was like, some of these lyrics are kind of corny, but I was like, they're, but the, but they're, everything's catchy. You know, the, the chorus is, even if the lyrics aren't the greatest, they're kind of dumb. Yeah. You know, they have one song called, uh, I think it's called Brothers of the Road. It's, and the chorus is just like, we're brothers of the road and we rock. And I'm like, that's just kind of dumb, but I'm like, but the, it's, it's got a good melody and I like it. And I thought, well, that's lucky. And I thought to myself, yeah, I thought to myself, if, 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 if Judas Priest put that same exact album out, people wouldn't be saying what they said about KK's band doing it. You know, you can go listen to Turbo and ram it down and, and talk about some bad lyrics too. So yeah, there's a reason that Rob Halford wrote all the lyrics <laughs> so for That's most of their stuff. So, but yeah, I was really, really liking that album. I listened, like I said, I listened to it about three different times and just, it's, I, I've really, I'm getting really accustomed to uh, Ripper's voice too. So I like it. Um, I pulled out something I listened to last week uh, while I was with my mother, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I I went I went from uh, from like MOD to Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You talk about a one eighty. Yeah. Um, but I listened to the album American Dream from nineteen eighty eight, and then they released one more album with Neil Young in in nineteen ninety nine called Looking Forward. And I listened to it once, and I just don't really care for it. Um, I recognized maybe one or two songs that I. Because I probably listened to it once and it just didn't do anything for me. So yeah, my parents used to listen to Crosby, Stills and Nash and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young oh, quite yeah. a lot as well. So yeah, yeah, I, I do really like those bands as well. But yeah, I don't know the album that you just said. Yeah, it, it was their very last one they did with. Uh, I, I think it's the very last one they did at all. So, but okay. yeah, I didn't really care. American Dream came out in '88 and then Looking Forward came out in '99. So um, it just didn't do anything for me. I think Crosby, Stills, and Nash released more albums after American Dream, but I don't think that they—I don't think they've released anything since Looking Forward as a trio or a foursome. So, um, to do a complete 180, I also listened to the uh, the uh, parental album of M.O.D., the S.O.D. album called "Speak English or Die," and that's another album with lyrics that uh, just couldn't get put out nowadays. I guess unless it was rap music, because. I think everything is allowed in rap music. It's just sure. anything, you know, but, but it's a pretty crude, but it's just funny. It, yeah, to me, it's funny. I'm aware of that album. 
Yeah, I, I ended up finding a live video uh, where Dan Lilker was over maybe in Ireland or somewhere, and he, he was doing a band, and instead of a call, it was call, being called S-O-D, it was called S-O-B, and it was him and three other guys, and they were playing S-O-D songs, and, and one of the lines that, that he said was, we didn't give a F back then, and we don't give a F now, and then they started playing like Speak English or Die or something, and it was just like, I thought, that's all he's showing, it's just humor. And next up, I this is now these are two albums I listened to off of YouTube, and this one this one was a, I'll attribute it to Matt because he kept talking about Twisted Sister, and I remember uh, I've listened to um, Joey Casada's podcast, um, the Top Five, and he loves Twisted Sister, and he had mentioned this one album before and how great he thought it was, and I thought you know what I'm gonna play this album I've never heard it. It's called Love Is for Suckers. And I kind of listened to it. I, I I would listen to bits, and then I would I listened to maybe three full songs and fast forwarded through the rest of them. Um, but there was a few couple of songs that I thought were really good, and the rest of it I just. But that you can thank Matt for that. And yeah, I, I haven't really ever played a whole album by them. Yeah, yeah. I I remember liking the Stay Hungry album when I was you know probably before I heard Kiss and. Iron Maiden and all those bands, you know, that was one of the very first rock albums I ever had. And I thought that that's a really good album. I think it's a really strong album, but, and this one is probably strong for Twisted Sister, but I think, you know, they peaked really fast at Stay Hungry. It was like, a they worked, 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 and then shot up like a bullet. Then they just kind of came down. So, uh, and the last one I listened to is an album that I used like, I used to like it <laughs> back in the late eighties. Um, I listened to most of it. I fast-forwarded through a few of the songs as well. It was by a band called Grim Reaper. And the album was called Rock You to Hell. And I liked some of it. Like, I listened to some of the songs, and it just kind of brought me back because I hadn't heard it in ages. But it's okay. It's not bad. So uh, so that's what I listened to during the week. Cool. And so you listen to lots of old stuff, and I listen to lots of new stuff. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm the old man here, so that's what I have to do. <laughs> now, next up, we're going to go talk about the podcast we listen to. And I'm going to, I normally would start with what I listen to, but because um, I know what Matt listened to and I can get his out of the way, I can read his really quick. He listened to the, I think he wrote this down wrong. He wrote the Ridiculous Rock Rebellion. I think he meant to uh, say oh, the ridiculous, ridiculous Rock Record Reviews. Yes. And I guess they did one on St. Anger. He said, this episode was a tough listen, not because of the commentary, but the sound clips. <laughs> it was a fresh reminder that I'll never have to take this CD out again. It wasn't good okay. when it came out. <laughs> he said, it wasn't good when it came out, and age has not helped it either. So, And then he only listened to one other podcast, and that was uh, uh, Ray's uh, Iron Maiden story that, that came out last week. And let's see here. So what podcasts did you listen to? I also listened to Ray's Iron Maiden Story. Yeah. Um, and I listened to it for the second time because um, I listened to it just after you recorded it as well. That's true. Um, <laughs> as, as a patron. But um, yeah, that was that was really good. Um, I've listened to a new podcast. It's called And Volume for All. And I listened to episodes one and two. It's an in-depth discussion of the origins and history of metal. Okay. It's really well presented. It's just the one guy. Yeah. And he said, 
As a 40-something white male dude, he was contractually obliged to create a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess so. And then on episode two, he remembered to say his actual name, which is Quinn. Quinn, okay, okay. And so on the on the second, it's good. It's got lots of um, clips, and he's funny. Um, talked a lot about new wave of British heavy metal on episode two. So we had a little bit of Iron Maiden. Cool. So that was cool. And I had a bit of a second metal binge as well. Um, I played one of his episodes um, where he interviews Jeff Crossdale, which is a singer of a band called Strangers with Guns from Dublin. Mm-hmm. Heard what it's like for local bands trying to get gigs, trying to get them just for the exposure, not getting paid. And also his talk with Andy Dubroy about Virtual Eleven. Ah. It's, on, it's on part four now. So that was um, pretty much just the educated fool. Did they make it all the way? Oh, that's all they did. Okay, I was about to say, did they make it all the way through? Because I was wondering. No, no. He said there's probably going to be six parts now. Oh, wow. That's a... Uh... It's a lot of, uh, which, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Talking Maiden yeah, did it too, good. so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with um, with Talking Maiden, the, not that I'm saying Virtual Eleven's bad, but the less good the album, the more they had to say about it. Sure, sure. And I think Talking Maiden did like a whole episode on the Angel and the Gambler. I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. yeah, that's all the podcasts I've listened to this week. Okay. Well, I only listened to... Three and a half podcasts. Um, I listened to the Asylum Tales from the Devereaux Diary podcast, their album throwdown, Creatures of the Night versus Animal Eyes, which if anyone uh, wanted to know my selections from those albums, just take everything they said and be the opposite because I called in to be their uh, tiebreaker. I, I, I made myself the tiebreaker. I said, I'm the tiebreaker for you guys if y'all need it. So then all they did on every single one was when they said that the audio got messed up. So they had to read my uh, vote. And every time they would read my vote, it was always the other song. (laughs) (laughs) The first time it happened, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, he must have messed that up. And then on the second one, he messed it up. And I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. And then on the third one, which was, what was the third one? It was uh, Creatures is Keep Me Coming versus Burn Bitch Burn. And, And then he said, yeah, Steve said he votes for Keep Me Coming. He says it's his favorite song on the album. It's like, okay, I know what's going on here now. So It's so cheeky. Yeah, yeah. So so that was a good episode, though. I, I like both of those albums, and so it was uh, – I did change one of my votes. So they actually got one of them right because I, hearing the clips that they played, I was like, you know what? I would vote for that one. So I uh, listened to Monty's Rockcast, episode 250. I listened to Pod of Thunder. They had an episode uh, about the band Badlands, the song Dreams in the Dark, which was a uh, good one. And the one that I got halfway through because I did, I got interrupted was the ridiculous rock record review. Uh, I, I downloaded a couple of their episodes a while back, and this one was R.E.M., New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Um, I remember that having that album way back then and remember liking it some, uh, but I couldn't remember a whole lot of it. And I got maybe two or three songs into their review. And then I can't remember if someone called me or what happened, but I didn't get, I haven't got to finish it yet. So, but, um, it was good. I was enjoying that one. So, but that's all the podcasts I listened to. And 
that will lead us next into audience participation, which will go through the retweets and the tweet quotes. So quickly, the retweets were first off was Papa Luis Mariano, whose nickname I gave is uh, the Iron Maiden Encyclopedia in Carcaris, Venezuela. Uh, Willie Valiverta in Finland. Uh, the Weekend Warrior, Lord Andrew Whitnall of Sussex. His Royal Dudeness, Dave in the USA. Jesse, the Delivery Guy in Illinois. The Official Detention Teacher of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, Gen Marutani in Chiba, Japan. Uh, he's He's got the night off, I guess, because you know Matt's usually the one uh, getting on Twitter and getting in trouble. So he's got the night off again tonight. So. Well, so am I, but I actually haven't touched it since I started talking to you today. <laughs> you have to focus more this time because it's just you. <laughs> yeah, usually you know, I just zone out and listen to you two talking. Yeah, usually it's when it's Matt. I'm supposed to be joining yeah, when it's, when it's Matt, you know, when it's Matt, we all kind of zone out. <laughs> uh, and the last one was uh, from the Scouser David Laird in Liverpool, England. Now, the tweet choice we got, um, we got one from Jesse, the delivery guy, and he must have heard a different episode because I don't know why he said this. He said, Ray is a cool dude. I, he must have just heard something uh-huh. different. Uh, he said, lots of great conversation. Brave New World Tour with Queen Truck and Halford was badass. I never, and he, then he said something that I totally agree with. I never understood Motorhead either. So take that, Matt. So uh, again. official detention teacher, he said, I can't believe Ray called Purgatory, Alexander the Great, and The Thin Line Between Love and Hate his least favorite songs from those albums. Other than that, another great Iron Maiden story. I bet it was a blast to see Maiden in a small venue. I'm jealous. And next up, we had the Honorable Counselor, Richard Holmes of the Ulster Unionist Party in Garvaugh, Northern Ireland. And he said... There are a lot of, okay, this is going to be a translation issue because I, I know what this word. or Oh, you needed me last week to say crack for you, didn't you? Crack. And to explain who, um, crack. Oh, is that, okay. Yeah. Barnes, well, John, John Barnes was as well. Who's that? Barnstormer, a footballer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I did need you last week, so where were you? Yep. <laughs> you had the week off, like Matt said, so. <laughs> So, okay, so I understand what this name means that he says, but I don't know really why he why he's saying it here. But I'll read the sentence, and then I'll let you translate what this one word means. There are a lot of Benefer Maiden fans out there. So when he says Benefer, what is exactly that meaning? It's Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. They just got married. But what does it mean when he says, like, a lot of Benefer Maiden fans? What does that mean? Well, they... We're together, and then they split up for many years, and now they're together again. Oh, okay. okay. Like Maiden fans who dropped yeah. out in the 90s and picked it back up again. Oh, that makes sense. See, I can do it. You can do it. And 
even though he did explain what he meant, I just, when I saw that name, I just, I haven't really read it. I just copied and pasted it here. So um, he said, there's a lot of Benifer and Maiden fans out there loved and lost and rediscovered their great love again. I didn't know they were back together. I don't, I guess I'm not as up on the celebrity news. They're Americans too. I should know this before some guy over in Garvad, Northern Ireland, huh? <laughs> I should think everybody in the world except you probably knows. I, yeah, I didn't know that. So, um, uh, and he says, Love listening to their stories of coming home again. Great call by Matt for garbage version 2.0. And I think he's asking my wife on a date too, because he says, P.S. Steve, if your wife needs someone for Springsteen, me. <laughs> and, oh, you should take him up on it. Yeah. If, I, I'll my make... friend who likes Iron Maiden, his girlfriend said she would pay me. He was going to New York with her. Yeah. She would pay me to go to the show with him. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I in New York, but I didn't go. Yeah, it's and I'll be honest. I'll I'll tell you, my wife probably doesn't. She probably couldn't name five Bruce Springsteen songs. I mean, she she would be a um whatever the hits from Born in the USA. She probably you know she probably could say, oh yeah, Born in the USA. She probably couldn't even name Born to Run. Um, I know it, people who've said that his shows are the best ones they've ever been to. Yeah. Maybe they've never Just been to a Maiden I. show. <laughs> they've probably never seen Maiden, though, if they're going to see Bruce. But I'm pretty sure that the uh, our you know the Honorable Counselor said that he's a bigger fan of Springsteen than Maiden. So I think that's his number one guy. So, you know, okay. who am I to say? Who am I to say that? But uh, anyway... Anyway, yeah, if you, I'll tell you what, um, counselor, if you can make it over to Dallas, Texas, whenever the date is, let me know. And, um, maybe I can send you and my wife to the concert together. Yeah. I might be, I might be single after that. She'll be like, man, this guy's got it. This guy's a, he's an accomplished guy. What am I married to this idiot for? I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to Northern Ireland, <laughs> start me a new life and live in the middle of a field with, uh, uh I don't know. I don't really know anything about Northern Ireland, so. He worked the farm. She can work the farm. Because he works on a farm. Yeah, she can work the farm with him. And her dad used to milk cows when he was a kid. I'm sure it's uh, kind of a hereditary thing you can learn. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Anyway, anyway. Next up was um, uh, the Asylum Tales from the Devereaux Diary podcast. Steve welcomes our own Rhodey Ray from the Asylum Tales to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone to talk a bunch of Maiden and a lot more. Check it out. And then he also added, I am loving the elf on a shelf R2-D2 jokes. You are so right about him. So glad to see that uh, that they're finally coming around over there on the Asylum Tales from the Devro Diary podcast. Excellent. I saw that tweet. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. quite how I remembered it, but it's okay. Yeah. You probably just don't remember it. I Sometimes you don't remember things as well as I do. So, I mean, I copied and pasted it, so. Couldn't, I mean, <laughs> be, couldn't be wrong. So. I am known for my good memory, but okay, I'll, I'll trust you. <laughs> trust me there. I mean, and actually there's a couple of other things he said about uh, RJD privately and in a, in a, in a message. And I just, I just literally, you know, I'm trying to keep this profanity free. So I can't even say the stuff he said about him. So uh, let's see here. Oh, here's a, here's one from the official historian and translator of the podcast. You, you said a fun Iron Maiden story. And I'm glad you added this for little Ray team going blind. So 
I was glad somebody remembered to put that in there. I I'm in a chat. I'm in a chat with him, and he was kind of talking pretty bad about um, the song "Phantom of the Opera," the original version. Oh. Which is why the podcast starts with the original version of Phantom of the Opera and goes into Going Blind. <laughs> so, but, wow. Uh, well, I very much enjoy both of those songs. I actually did play Going Blind last week as well because oh, yeah. just seeing it written down made me want to play it again. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. And last up, last up here um, was uh, his Royal Dudeness, Dave, in the USA. And he said, Thoroughly enjoyed this Iron Maiden story with Cousin Rody Ray from the Asylum Tale podcast. His story reminded me of something very relatable. Some of us may have lost track of what Maiden were doing as we got older, but we rediscovered them later. So I, I think that that probably is the majority of people. So, yeah, that's definitely me. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Same here. So um, now, Kirsty. We're going to get mm-hmm. into the album battle that we uh, that Matt brought up for us. And let me make sure I've read all of his comments here. Podcasts? Yeah, okay. He's good. So we did the podcast a while back where we did the two Bruce albums. The, the, the newest one, I, they're all slipping my mind. For Chemical some... Wedding and Tyranny of Souls. Yes, yes. See, your memory is good this time. So, <laughs> And... um. <laughs> But we did that, and after that, I was like, well, we should maybe you know, do something. I think we started with, I was saying, let's do something Iron Maiden and Bruce, and you were like, let's do something different. We keep doing Iron Maiden Bruce stuff. Let's, let's change it up. And that's why we did the two Bruce solo albums, because it wasn't Maiden. And then one day I was chatting with Matt, and he said, you know what we ought to do is maybe pair up like a Blaze solo album with a Bruce solo album. And I was just like... You know, in my mind, immediately, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, there's no way that'll be fair because, you know, as much as we all like Blaze, you know, the three of us, it's, we're still Bruce guys and gals here. So he goes, well, why don't we do their, each of their first solo albums? And as soon as he said it, I thought, well, that would be interesting, you know, because Bruce's first solo album was, after he was in Maiden for, let's see, he got in Maiden. Do, do they say he got in Maiden in late 81? I think is how they say yeah. it. So so he got into Maiden in 81. So he was there for, you know, what, seven, eight? That album came out in 90. So he was in the band for nine years before he put out his first solo album. Blaze was in Iron Maiden for about five years with two albums. And then, of course, Bruce did what? Number the Beast, Peace of Mind, Power Slave, Somewhere in time, number uh, seventh son, and then no prayer and fear of the dark. Oh, but this come out before fear of the dark. I th- yeah, it definitely came out before fear. And before no prayer, because I, yeah, he was working with Yannick. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of how Yannick got the job. Yes, yeah. So he had done five full prayer. albums. Uh, Blaze had done two full albums and whatever. So I I thought you know it's. If you literally just said Bruce versus Blaze, you know, you almost feel like you almost feel like saying like what we said with um, Chemical Wedding versus Tyranny of Souls. Yeah, good luck, Tyranny of Souls. <laughs> so at least that's kind of how I felt when he first mentioned it. But but when well, he but, Tyranny of Souls did really well, yeah, it actually won. So, <laughs> so 
So, uh, so yeah, but I thought that'd be a really cool idea. And, and I hate that he's not here because I really wanted to hear uh, what his opinions are rather than just seeing them written yeah, it down. Yeah, would have been great. So, uh, wow, hold on. I'm trying to read his notes real quick. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can tell what his choices are. He didn't highlight things. He, uh, oh. Uh, you're not going. To, you're not going to guess for him, are you? You know, um, no, I definitely won't guess. I don't want to. I don't want to put words into his mouth here. I, I definitely want to. Uh, I want, even if I don't like some of his choices, I, you know, I, I like to be honest. I'm an honest guy. So, mm-hmm. so let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we got, um, and we're and there's ten songs on each album. So there's no having to delete a song like, um, oh gosh. Uh, in a day when dinosaurs ruled the earth, quest for fire. There's no <laughs> need to delete the worst song on an album. To okay, even. but we've got an even number, so there's a chance we, that we could have a tie. Yeah, I do have a tiebreaker just in case. If we have, if we end up five to five, I do have a mm-hmm. good tiebreaker. I, it's, and, it, and it won't be having to explain the songs. It'll just be I'll tell you the two songs, and I'll and I'll explain how I got to them, and you'll you'll completely understand it. So. Okay, yes, we, I kind of hope that it's going to be a draw just so that we can do the tiebreaker thing. We can still do it. We can still do it at the end because it, it, it is something else that those guys have in common. Okay. Uh, so so we'll, I'll do it for sure either way. But, yeah, if it was a draw, that would be a uh, would be very uh, interesting to do that tiebreaker for that. So Okay, so we will start out here, and um, I'll let you go first. Uh, we will start off with... Uh, Ghost in the Machine from Silicon Messiah. And Silicon Messiah came out in 2000. And if I remember correctly, uh, and and when I say remember correctly, I think I heard this on Talking Maiden. I'm pretty sure that this album was set to release before Brave New World. And then Blaze was still being managed, I believe, by Rod Smallwood. And he kind of got a little bit of the shaft from them. Uh, he kind of got mistreated, I feel like, based on what they were saying. They kind of kept pushing his album back. Yeah. Because they did not want, I'm sure when they heard it and heard the quality of his album, they didn't want to th- have him throw that out there before Maiden came out with their new album because the people would have been like, holy crap, why wasn't Maiden doing this kind of stuff? With, you know, Blaze's got this kind of stuff. Why wouldn't Maiden do it? So. So either way, it came out in 2000. Bruce's uh, first solo album came out 10 years prior to that. So um, let's go into it. Ghost in the Machine versus Son of a Gun. Conversion! 
Right, so I, I made a playlist and I did all the Tattooed Millionaire songs first and then the Blaze songs. Okay. So I listened to Son of a Gun first, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the better songs on the album. Okay. It's got a nice intro. I like um, when it gets a little bit heavier, when he says lay down and die, that bit's really good. Mm-hmm. The guitar's pretty good on this album, actually. Um, Bruce is a bit raspy. I kind of feel at this time that he couldn't help it because he's raspy on No Prayer and Fear of the Dark as well. Yeah. And I think maybe he was going through a bit of a voice issue at the time. But it's got a really powerful chorus. It's a little bit Bon Jovi, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Okay. And I like when he says Judas, my guide, before the solo. Yeah. And the solo fits the song really well. And the end's pretty cool. It's got all the lovely licks over the chorus. I don't know why he had to emphasise the words down deep. It's a bit of a theme on this album, sadly. <laughs> but the lyrics yeah. on the song are pretty good. And, um, yeah, yeah, one of my fa- better songs on the album, I think. Okay. Um, I think Ghost in the Machine. That's got, like, just a wicked heavy intro. And then, bang, it's really nice and fast. And I, I like the way the beat keeps changing on it. Yeah. It's got a catchy, fun chorus that's been on my head for days. A really cool guitar melody. Um, it's got that bit that, where he starts going, do you want to live forever? And I thought it was going to be a bit like, don't you think I'm a saviour? But it stayed interesting. <laughs> I never um, thought that. That's funny. <laughs> it doesn't go on for as long. Yeah. It's, it's really good. This is one of my favourite songs on the album. It has, absolutely has to win. Okay, okay. Like so Ghost in a Machine for me. Okay, okay. Okay, for me, let's I'll start off uh since I didn't I'll I'll uh I'll I'll give a uh, I haven't said this publicly on the podcast, but Matt and I had actually recorded well, half recorded a review of Tattooed Millionaire. That's what we were recording a review of. So I listened to that album a good bit the prior week. So I had all my notes written down and everything that I thought about all of the songs. So all I really had to do was focus on the blaze album, which I haven't heard. Oh. In a, I haven't heard this album in a bit. Um, so you didn't make a playlist like me. 
Not like you. Cause, well, my playlist the week before was just Tattooed Millionaire, the album. <laughs> that was a playlist. Yeah, sure. So, uh, but I think Son of a Gun is probably the most serious song on his solo album. It, it, it sounds like, and, and whether this is true or not, I don't know, but this feels like the song that Bruce probably put the most effort into to making a really serious, like, like he said, Hey, I want the album to start off good. I want people to hear this opening song. You know, the first song is definitely something that can always lead you into an album with either good expectations or, or going, Oh wow. Do I even want to keep playing it? Um, the intro, uh, you know, that opening intro, I think Maiden's copped that a few times throughout the years since then, but it's a mm. great intro. So it, it, you know, it works. Um, I, I love the way Bruce sounds in the verses and, and the chorus is really good. Um, I think that this is, this is one of my top two songs on the album. I really, really, really like it. Um, sure. So uh, Ghost in the Machine, I, I like the way you said it. You said, uh, what did you say? It starts Wicked Heavy. Is that how you said it? Yeah. Oh, I love that. When you said that, I was like, yeah, Wicked Heavy. Because it's, I didn't know what to expect of this album. I remember here, I can't remember. I'm sure it was Nesbitt that I heard talk about it. And I may have heard him talk about it. And eventually I said, you know what? I'll check it out. And so as soon as I turned it on, I was just like, holy crap. I wasn't expecting it to sound like that, you know, especially after, you know, especially after what virtual 11 sounded like, you just didn't, ex I didn't expect that. Um, I like at the very beginning when he's getting, you know, there's a part where they're singing and then you just hear him go the ghost, like kind of whispering it. I think that's really cool. Uh, after the first set of verses there, um, I think the chorus is good. The verses are good. The guitars are just so super heavy. Like you said, uh, it's wicked heavy. I love that. Um, the, I have written down to that line. Do you want to live forever? And I like the way because Blaze's voice is lower and that bass is literally mimicking his voice. Bow, 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 bow. And it's just really low. It's so cool. Um, I mean, this song to me, like, Blaze basically, you know, got fired from Iron Maiden, you know. This song had to be a statement from him, right? Because this was his, this is the highest he was ever going to ascend. I am the lead singer of Iron Maiden. This is probably the most attention he'll get after that, at least from the get-go. And so he had to come out super strong. And I mean, he came out super strong. I mean, there's... This song, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. It's an incredible song, um, and to me, it, he was. This song tells the world that he wasn't just lucky to get into Iron Maiden. I mean, he he definitely had some chops and some talent. And for me, Ghost in the Machine is a winner as well. So, and and like I said, over Son of a Gun, that's a big win because that's a strong one of the yeah. strongest songs on the album. Uh, let's see what Matt said about it. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, okay, he didn't really explain why what he said, but he he said "Son of a Gun" or "Ghost in the Machine," and his choice makes this unanimous. He chose "Ghost in the Machine," and he said, "Great opening track that should have been embraced by metal fans in general." And to check this album out, so I agree. Well, so if we if I'd had the internet and your podcast and everything. In 2000, then maybe I would have, but I, yeah. I wasn't even aware of it at all. Well, if I would have had Talking Maidens podcast in 2000, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, or, or if I just would have, 
I, like I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really aware of it either. So it, at a certain point I knew blaze was doing solo material and it was just one of those things where you kept going, or at least for me, I just kept going, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. And yeah. when am I going to check it out? It just, it just, it took forever for me to get there. So, but once I got there, man, I, I just remember listening to that and hearing that the opening and just being like, wow. And everything sounds good. The guitars sound good. The drums sound good. It was very, everything's very well done on that album. So yeah, you told me about, um, Blaze's solo stuff on my Iron Maiden story. I hadn't listened to it before then, so. Oh, okay, okay. So you are the cool uncle who introduces people to music. All right. <laughs> like you want to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make sure and make a sound clip of that one. You are the cool uncle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up is the track uh, Evolution, which is the second, oh, I'm sorry. Song number two is Evolution, Versus uh, Tattooed Millionaire, and I didn't put my notes here for Tattooed Millionaire, so let me go down to my notes here. Millionaire is where you kind of, to me, really find out what is going on on the album, what this album is going to be about. Because Son of a Gun was a, to me, it's a song that really, it didn't lead, it doesn't, it's not indicative of the rest of the album, I'll say. Tattooed Millionaire, the song is a lot more indicative of what you're getting on the rest of this album. So it comes on, it's, it's more of a poppy rock song. Um, Bruce's vocals are super, super raspy. Um, 
I, I liked the pre-chorus, you know, where he says, you and all your entourage, because he's singing low, and then you can hear his high vocal mixed in with it. I always love when they do that. Um, the chorus, I really, really love the chorus, too. Uh, you know, it's it's big, and it's melodic. The harmonies are great. Um, there's good harmony lines in it, and, the, and the, it's got a good solo by Yannick in it, too. So I, I really, really... I didn't like it at first when I heard it. It was just kind of like when I heard it, I remember, you know, I remember getting this the year I graduated high school and just being like, wow, this isn't really what I would have expected from Bruce. And, and I'm not like all these open-minded people that was just like, Oh, I want him to do something different. I want to see other sides of his personality. I was just like, I want something that, you know, his, his vocals weren't the same, you know, like I said, super raspy and stuff. So, um, but anyway, evolution, uh, song two is uh, it, it continues the trend with the super heavy riffing in it. Um, and to me, I, I wrote down, this is part two of blaze is serious about his music career. Um, I think the verses are cool. Uh, there's a quick riff that plays at the end of each verse, you know, like yeah. it's, and I like, I think that's really cool. Um, I think the soloing, and this is something I think I wrote down on every single song. The soloing is all very, very tasteful. It, and you would be a better judge of this than me, I think. But I, there's even one song I know I wrote down that the soloing reminds me of something Adrian would play, just because it's not, it's not like going crazy. It's just it seems to really fit what the song needs, and I feel like that every single song on this album has that. Um, but I feel like listening to this song, I think I walked away with Blaze learned something while he was in Iron Maiden. He learned how to write songs. Yeah. And um, for me, I give this one to Evolution. Okay. So what about you? Well, Tattoo Millionaire. I do want to be a Tattoo Millionaire, by the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll halfway, take it. <laughs> I'm halfway there. I've got the tattoos. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I loved this when it came out. And it was just quite exciting because it was kind of on the radio and things. And yeah. um, I made never were. Um, it's just straight ahead, hard rock. It's got a good chorus. Um, yeah, I've got really fond memories of it. I'd still be really excited if it came on the radio. Sure, sure. I have to say, I watched the video last night, and that was not great. <laughs> and it featured submarines quite heavily. Oh, boy. <laughs> pretty obsessed with submarines at this time. Another reason. trend on the album. <laughs> <laughs> they, say, um, they say it's about Nikki Six, but... Mm-hmm. I think he said it was just generally about the rock star life and how he's not interested in it, which we know he's interested in a lot more than living that kind of life. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good song. Evolution. I've got this song's really interesting. I love the riffs under the verses, the powerful chorus, the creepy vibe. Yeah, and I've put the band on this album are great. Oh man, so I must have really just stood out on this song. I love the instrumental section. And the song's just got so much energy. And there's this really nice heavy breakdown at the end so everyone can bang their heads at the concert. It's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a really cool ending. Um, and for me, I'm going to pick Evolution. Oh, wow. So we're two for two here. Okay, mm-hmm. let's see what Matt chose. Uh, he says Tattooed Millionaire or Evolution. Um, and another slam dunk here, Evolution. He said the chorus oh. lacks a bit of punch. But the vocal melodies are strong in this, and the music is superior to a poppy commercial tattooed millionaire. So, um, 
And that's uh, putting Blaze ahead right now, two to zero. So yes. Now, but we but the next one we have another very strong Bruce track on the next one. We have Born in '58 yeah. against Silicon Messiah. So, how did you walk away from this one? really liked born in 58 it's um so it's on the best of solo album so i think bruce is quite proud of it too um it's good because you always know how old bruce is yeah exactly that's how Um, i always remember it (laughs) (laughs) the lyrics are really good they're not obvious they're not cheesy Mm -hmm. um i i played this the other week because we were doing the bruce solo album rankings and it's been ages but i just still knew all the words and i was singing along i just think this is a really good um, thoughtful song yeah yeah 
um, against Silicon Messiah, which is obviously a title track. Yes. And there's so much passion in that in Silicon Messiah, a heavy, great chorus. And actually, a lot of the songs in this album are very heavy with a sing-along chorus, a little bit like Tyranny of Souls. We kept saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of both of these songs. But if I had to pick one, I would go with Silicon Messiah. Ooh, Silicon Messiah. Okay. Wow. And this, okay, yeah. So I'll start with um, Born in 58. Uh, this is my favorite song on this album. I I don't remember liking it back in the day, but I remember um, as the years went by, and I, at some point I went back to it, and and you know the chorus is just that big. There's a lot of big choruses, you know. There's a lot of harmonies in them, and just a lot of pulled together Bruce vocals, which is always really good. Well, I say that it's it can. It, it's a good thing, but but if the song's not good, it doesn't matter. But um, but this yeah, this song this is my favorite song on the album, and and you know like you said, the lyrics they mean something because Bruce is you know singing about his upbringing, singing about his grandpa and and how things were in the old days, and and it kind of gives you a a perspective, you know, Bruce's perspective in life, which I think is it shows that he kind of, it makes it feel like he came from humble roots to me, so. Um, I, I like everything about this song. I, 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 it's just, it's a good fun song. I know when I went to the, uh, <laughs> the infamous, uh, spoken word show that he did, I remember that came on, that came on the, uh, you know, the, the speakers as before he came out and to talk and, and I was just like, Oh man, this is so awesome hearing it on some loudspeakers just cause yeah. don't get to really experience that a lot. But, um, but yeah, I love this one. So, um, Silicon Messiah, like you said, the title track, uh, it's, it, it, there's a trend that Iron Maiden has had, they started it, well, they've had it forever, but it starts off soft, you know, and then Blaze, Blaze comes mm-hmm. in and, and with a nice little vocal bit and, um, and then there's a, and then he, you know, he goes, you know, so he goes, look at the freedom you had. And then he goes, freedom you had. And then there's this bass line that comes in and, I've never heard anyone say this because, well, not many people have talked about it. But to me, that bass line, are you familiar with the song by Guns N' Roses, It's So Easy? Yes. And it starts out with that bounding, 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 bounding. If you go and listen to that little bass line there, it sounds, just for a couple of seconds, it's almost the same thing to me. I'm just like, okay. wow. So I, yeah, I'll go try that afterwards. Yeah. Um, the verses on this song are awesome. I mean, the 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 melodies that he has on here are just great. You know, and then you get, like you said, get to that big chorus, that Messiah is so awesome. Um, musically, I mean, I, it's, it's something I wanted to say about every single song and I'll just, it, the music, the musicians are performing just, it's great. It's phenomenal. Um, the song is very well put together. Um, there's a bit after the second chorus uh, and it's going into the solo section, which is really, really good. To me, um, and this is three. This is three songs in a row. Blaze was a man on a mission, you know, and it really. I think it really shows. It feels like he put everything, you know, he put it all into this album. And as, like I said, I love everything about Born in '58, but Silicon Messiah is just a better song overall. So I'm going Silicon Messiah here. So. Um, Let's see if Matthew uh, is against us on this one. 
Um, Matthew says, born in 58 or Silicon Messiah? Silicon Messiah. <laughs> so we're three oh. for three. <laughs> I thought he might go born in 58 this time. Yeah, yeah, me too. He says, I like the three, four pacing to this track. And there is a tasteful solo. Born in 58 is good, but not enough to beat Silicon. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So next up we have Hell on Wheels or Born as a Stranger. starts with a kind of a heavy guitar riff um it's generic riff but it's it's kind of a harder sounding guitar than than we've had on the past couple of songs um bruce's vocals are super raspy from the get-go um sounds pretty bad in the verses uh the chorus is okay uh you know that hard to steal or when the devil's driving thing mm -hmm. um and you know the harmonies are okay uh in the chorus uh I think the soloing on this song is good from Yannick. Uh, Born as a Stranger <laughs> starts with a really cool riff and it just kicks into overdrive. Uh, it's it, it's to me I, it sounds very power metal. Uh, at least what what my idea of power metal is. Uh, 
the pre-chorus is really good. That live and let live, live and let die. That thing is that I like that. Um, the chorus is great. Again, the band is on point, very tight. Um, there's during the pre-chorus and some of the choruses, there's some uh, soloing and riffs being played. That's very tasteful as well. There's a dual solo. All the guitar playing is tasteful on this album. I should just quit saying it. Um, but the soloing is all good. It all fits. Mm. None of it is just completely, you know, off the rails. It's just, it all fits what you want, what, what the song needs. None of it sounds like, you know, Ingve Malmsteen showed up for a, for a few minutes or anything like that. But, um, this one was really an easy choice for me. Born as a stranger. What about you? Well, I thought Hell on Wheels at the beginning. It sounds like your new favorite band, Steve. Akadaka. <laughs> I thought that a little bit Just too. A bit. Um, until you get to the chorus. Um, yeah, yeah. The chorus isn't fab for me. Um, yeah. The lyrics are a bit from here to eternity. I don't mind them. Yeah. I just put this song isn't great, um, but the t- the guitar is really good. Yeah. Um, Born as a stranger. The intro sounds a bit Iron Maiden. Um, actually, the whole thing does. It sounds like an Iron Maiden song. Mm-hmm. I feel like the song could fit on the X Factor. Yeah. And why I've said that is because I prefer the X Factor. Um, uh, <laughs> that, so that's an actual compliment from me. But of course, for the production, it's just so much brighter. Um I know that Blaze used a lot of the ideas and lyrics he'd intended to use to write with Maiden on mm-hmm. this album. Yeah, yeah. And I think it comes across on this song. Um, this song is so much better than Hell on Wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Born as a Stranger. Another easy one there. So, Matthew also agrees with us, Born as a Stranger. He said, during the verses, the vocal melody kind of reminds me of Man on the Edge, which I can see that. Uh, the chorus, but the chorus and music is superior to Hell on Wheels, which isn't a bad track. It's catchy and fun, but can't match Stranger. So, so as of right now, <laughs> we are um, we're, Tattoo Millionaire is getting shut out four to nothing. Okay. So, but next up, we have a uh, a real a real uh, chance for Tattoo to get on the board here. With uh, yep. the the ballad "Gypsy Road" versus uh, the hunger, so what do you think? Thank you. 
inside your world Never within Sometimes there are moments I think I'm involved But I never seem to stay Don't seem to fit I just don't belong Gypsy Road is a nice song. I feel like Bruce is putting a bit more effort in here. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are good. The chorus sounds good. The singing is good. I can't believe I'm saying the singing is good, but <laughs> it hasn't been the same standard as his later solo albums up until now. Yeah. So, yeah, I like, I like Gypsy Road. And The Hunger, that's that's borderline ballad as well. Yeah, it's the closest so, um, thing, yeah. Lovely, soft intro and outro. That's how you do it. Um kind of a song about feeling worthless and empty and not fitting in mm-hmm. um, and he puts in a really great performance you know he's been there mm-hmm. but it's still got fabulous heavy chugging riffs yeah. and the bass sounds absolutely great under the verse and there's a really good instrumental section and the hunger wins for me okay okay uh for me uh gypsy road i said gypsy road is a uh, a ballad, I guess. Tat, uh, Born in '58 is is kind of ballady. It's like a pop mm. ballady type of deal. But um, I said it's a ballad. Uh, to me, it's a bit too sappy, coming from Bruce. Uh, I said, given you know, given what came later in his career, this is definitely not one of his better ballads. And that's pretty much all I wrote. <laughs> so, um, Fair enough. Yeah. I said, uh, the hunger, it starts with a, you know, a very tasty arpeggiated guitar bit. Um, and after the intro, it kicks into a slower rock song, uh, probably like you said, kind of balladish, at least for this album. Um, the pre-chorus is good with the chugging riff underneath it. Um, I said, it's sludgy. It's a nice sludgy song. And I think blaze sounds really good. Um, now this is the one I said, the guitar solo in the song is freaking great. It sounds like something Adrian Smith would play. Uh, to me. And um, then it, 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 I said it, it cool ending with the drum rolls and the arpeggiated guitar. Uh, this was a, this is like a slam dunk for the hunger. No, no chance for gypsy road for me. Um, but let's see what Matthew said. Matthew also said the hunger. He said, tough pick, 
I don't mind Gypsy Road, and The Hunger is a fair track. And he, he put fair in parentheses. A fair track on the Blaze mm-hmm. album. Both give good vocal performances, but Blaze has a bit more in his delivery that I like. So, wow. So this is this is turning into a uh, a bludgeoning a little bit. So, um, oh wait, bit. I think up, I think next up next, uh, Tattoo Millionaire has a shot here though uh, with uh, Dive 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 versus um, the Brave. Frankly, semen stains. I don't give a damn.
okay, so dive, dive, dive. Um, I wrote down uh, my notes here. <laughs> Starts with a dumb vocal thing that don't yeah. give a damn thing. Uh, then the oh, whoa, oh part uh, sounds corny with more of Bruce in the background with cor- with a corny sounding voice. Corny sounding voice. Super raspy vocals right off the bat. The verses are bad, but the way he sings dive, dive, dive in the chorus is really good. I really like the way he just goes for it on that dive, dive, dive part. That sounds pretty good. Um, then I wrote, no muff too tough. Bruce's cheeky, this is what I wrote, Bruce's cheeky sexual lyrics just do not work. And then I added, kind of like his humor. So uh, that's what I wrote for dive, dive, dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh you know, we'll see if the Brave does any better. Kicks in fast and aggressively. Has a nice lead line giving a taste of the chorus to come. Uh, great verses and the fast riffing underneath it. Same with the pre-chorus. The riff and bass drumming during the chorus just knock it out of the park. I love the guitar playing on this song. Um, I love the breaks between the pre-chorus and the chorus. There's a, I like the stops and then the drum fills that happen and then... There's the, you know, right before it, you know, it says fortune favors the brave. And then there's the one time where it, a couple of times it just stops. And it's like, it, it's like, bump, one, two, three, four, bun, digga, dun, digga, dun, digga, dun, digga. And he starts singing again. Oh, such a good one, man. The brave kicks, dive, dive, dive. The brave, the brave, dive, dive, dive should have took a dive before it got in this battle. So, so I'm going for the brave on this one. What about you? <laughs> Uh, I've written, oh my God, the lyrics are terrible. I don't know how to talk about them on a G-rated podcast. <laughs> and then I thought, even if I could, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And when, I, when he does that, oh, uh, the intro, that's bad. The, yeah. the, the delivery is really annoying. Yeah. I just wanted to fast forward it. It's quite <laughs> obvious it can't win. And um, yeah. the Brave wouldn't have to be great to win, but it, it is. Yeah. It's got a gallop. It's got such a great energy. Brilliant yeah. pre-chorus. And then the gallop breeze steps up under the chorus. So, and, and it's got a great ending. Um, obviously, the brave. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't really, I never, it didn't really cross my mind about that being a gallop. Yeah, that's, uh, that could have easily been a song for um, Brave New World. So, let's see what Matthew said here. Uh, the brave, let's see, the brave versus dive, dive, dive. He said, the brave wins. He said, this one, as soon as the first riff was played great vocal melody and guitar line in this. The music during the chorus is almost like an amped up maiden gallop. Wow. Unfortunate positioning for dive because I like Bruce's raspiness and I don't mind that track in general. Wow. (laughs) I guess you learn something new every day about people, you know, huh? I think we learned a couple of weeks ago that, he enjoys this album slightly more than we do. Slightly, yeah, yeah. It hasn't affected his uh, voting on here, so. Um, but yeah. you never know. You never know. Let's see what we got next. Uh, identity is up next. Uh, identity versus all the young dudes. So, Kirsty, give us your thoughts here.
If I hear the others now, they don't seem fast enough. Sure, sure. It's just probably because of how obsessed I was with Bruce and Maiden when it came out. Yeah. I watched the video for this as well last night, and um, it's also got a submarine in it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Good Lord, Bruce. I just want to say that this could probably be his best ever cover, because covering Hmm. songs isn't really where he shines usually. I agree. Identity... That's got a nice ominous intro. It bursts into a great heavy riff. The first line, psychological confusion. I was like, is it cheesy? Oh, I love it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a pretty cool chorus. Interesting solos. Just fab. Um, unfortunately for Bruce, it's just more my sort of music. So I'm going to pick Identity. Okay, okay. Uh, for me, uh, I'll start here with all the young dudes. Uh I tried to like this song. Uh, I do really like the guitar melody in it. Um, I wrote down, and this is something I've always thought, and you literally just said it yourself. Uh, I just don't, you know, feel like Bruce is very good doing cover songs. He shines when he does his own his own material, um, which is probably really says a lot about him as a as a real artist. Um, but I don't feel like he's very good at cover songs and, and including this one. I don't like this song. Um, Anyway, I really never have liked it. I didn't like it when it was Bruce back then when I heard it, which would have been the best chance it got. I've always kind of thought it was an okay song, but it's just never been. You know, to me, the chorus on this is okay. The best part of the song is the guitar line. So Uh, Identity, uh, like you said, it's got that nice guitar opening, and then it kicks in hard and heavy. Um, One thing about this, this, these two albums, (laughs) I mean, the, the difference in the lyrics is like night and day, mm. uh, you know, you know, blaze is, is all seriousness. You'd have to put a Wolfsbane album up against this album to really. Yeah, I, that would be more fair. Putting a hard rock album against a metal album. It's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's their first solo and this was Matt's idea. And like the guy last week said, he said, tattooed millionaire is like from here to eternity. Got a whole album. <laughs> so, yeah. Which I thought was great. Um, but to me, this identity is like the song is a musical force. Uh, 
You know, Blaze Band is killing it again. The riffing after the choruses, everything on this song is just great. Um, the chorus to me is, uh, you know, the who am I, what is me? You know, I, I don't love the chorus as much, but man, as soon as the chorus is over and that, the, the riffing that they do after the chorus, man, it just blows it away. It's just fantastic. So yeah, for this is an easy one again for me. Uh, definitely all the young dudes is not going to win this time. So identity wins it. Um, go here and check out what Matthew said. And well, um, Bruce Dickinson is going to be happy to know that for once, one of his songs has gotten chosen here. Uh, all the young dudes by Matthew for Matthew. He says, musically is pretty representative of the original Bowie track, but Bruce, um, changed the vocal delivery up a bit. And I prefer his version over the original. So the original is by Mott the Hoople. Yeah. Mott the Hoople. And then I think Bowie, I think Bowie wrote it is what it was. And then I think Bowie did it after the fact, sure, after, yeah. after it blew up for them, I think is what I read at some point. I think Ozzy did it as well. Mm, man. I don't know that I've heard that one then. So I don't know that I want to hear it either. <laughs> I just don't think I'm a big fan of that song too. Yeah. So. When you played it in a jukebox, was it the original version or the Bruce version? The Bruce version. Okay. It was a video jukebox, so you could watch the video. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, um, next up is Reach for the Horizon versus Licking the Gun. Eat lead, you scum sucking. <laughs> Licking the gun, and I wrote down, 
eat lead, you scum sucking. And then I guess the song kicks in. <laughs> this is, mm-hmm. I wrote, I'll just read what I wrote down instead of trying to ad lib it. I wrote down after that, the verses suck. The chorus sucks. All of Bruce's wailing in the song sucks too. All the voices suck in the background. This song is an all around turd. So let's see if it wins versus reach for the horizon, um, which I said another softer start. It kicks in, but is much more subdued than identity was um, a nice steady pace and a good set of verses. And then when we get to the, when we get to the chorus, you know, I love the way it, you know, that, cause it just, it like double times, you know, it's that yeah. Donna, Donna, Oh, that's badass. I like it. Um, but I said, uh, second set is, you know, the song is just as good as the first. The verses slow down, and then that chorus kicks in again. Uh, and then they use some kind of a flange effect, is what I would call it, in, in the beginning of the guitar solo. And we get more good solos um, and more of that chorus and that riffing. I mean, this is an easy, easy, easy win for uh, Blaze on for Reach for the Horizon for me. So what about you? Okay, I'll, I'll read what I've written about the gun. <laughs> I want to hear um, this. I also wrote "Eat Lead, You Scum Sucker." Um, <laughs> when you hear that, you know it's going to be a bit lame. <laughs> and I wrote, "Oh yes, it is." Then I wrote, "Crap music, annoying lyrics," mm-hmm. and then I just couldn't be bothered to listen to the rest of it <laughs> once I'd heard him say "finger licking fun" more than once. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't carry couldn't on. Handle it. I actually cannot think of any song at all in any genre that would lose against this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and then I, go ahead. I, then when I've got reached for the horizon, I've said this intro is like eating a lolly to take the taste away of some bad medicine. <laughs> Cause I was doing it in that, um, within a playlist. Yeah. Yeah. To one and then the other. I mean, obviously it's got to win, but I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's really oh, uplifting. It it's got this nice mix of quiet and loud sections. And yeah. yeah, really good solos. It's got the first one with the wah and the second one with a slightly Eastern feel as well. So yeah, it's a really interesting, really good song and it wins. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just looked over here at Matthew's choices and I think you're going to be a little surprised here. <laughs> uh, Matthew says, licking the gun. He said, um, this is not really a fan favorite, but this oddly enough is probably my favorite song from this album. <gasps> yeah, that, I am quite surprised. No, I just made that up actually. <laughs> Do you know what's funny is that I believed you because <laughs> just typical Matt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seems like something he would say. Now he said um he said Horizon. Blaze would have had to have Blaze would have had to worked really hard to lose to lick in the gun. Thankfully horizon is a solid catchy track that does more than enough to hold its own over the worst track on Bruce's album. Okay. So good that he, he redeemed himself after I threw him into the uh, trash uh, gun. Oh, wow. Me and me and him matched up on this one. Gun is a turd of a song and I can't stand it <laughs> needs to be flushed. <laughs> All right. So, um, Wow. If, so if anyone's keeping score at home, I think that puts us so far at eight to zero. Is that correct? We've done eight songs? Yes, that's correct. 
Okay. Okay. So next up we have, uh, let's see if, if, if um, Bruce can redeem himself here with Zulu Lulu versus the launch. Kirsty, uh, I believe this is yours to take. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and take well, the. Go ahead. I think the lyrics are um, just really problematic, so it's probably best not to talk about them. So I'll talk <laughs> about the music instead. The no, music yeah. is better than licking the gun. <laughs> That's not saying much, but. <laughs> no. It's all, it's no. It's not that great at all, <laughs> is it? But the launch is great. Yes. Um, and. I'd say it's funny because Matt said this about another song. This is a song that reminds me very much of Man on the Edge, but okay. it's better. Yes. It's a perfect yeah. metal song in under three minutes with a really great sharp ending. The launch wins for me. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, for me, I am going to say, okay, starting with Zulu Lulu, I'll just go ahead and read my notes because I feel like uh, that's what is warranted. Um. I said it starts with a decent riff for the first five seconds. Then Bruce comes in with a bunch of poison and warrant sounding yelling. I can only assume <laughs> his singing is stupid sounding. The verses suck. The pre-chorus is decent. The chorus sucks and the lyrics suck too. So let's go to the launch. See what happens here. Uh, it quicks off with a kick, a quick riff. And to me, 
the bass line sounds like something Steve Harris would play. That's what I thought of there. And I do agree with you that it did have, it did have that man on the edge feel to it. Um, a fast paced song from start to finish. And the lyrics are, you know, positive Blaze's lyrics are all, you know, kind of positive. When I interviewed him, it's like when you read, you know, when you listen to him talk about his own lyrics and it's just, he's always about building people up and it's just so encouraging. And even after what had to be the hardest probably shot he had ever taken in his life, as far as in his career, I mean, he comes back with this, you know, with just like building himself up. So, which is awesome. Um, I said more of the same, a great tasteful solo. And this song just keeps my head nodding for the three minutes that it goes for. So another easy one for me, let's see what, let's see what Matthew had to say. Zulu, Lulu, or the launch. Kirsty, you're going to be surprised to know that Matt said Zulu, Lulu. He said the hardest pick for me. And he has hardest in parentheses. Up until a few weeks ago, I always wrote Zulu Lulu off as utter stupidity. I really like the launch and I realize it's a really strong chat, a track, but I've really enjoyed Lulu lately. The woo after the Zulu Lulu, I guess where he goes, she was a Zulu Lulu. Woo. I guess that's what he's got to be talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. It either, it, it either makes me smile or laugh. And it has just turned into a really fun song for me lately. Hang on. Are you joking again? No, I, I, I couldn't make this much up. He said, um, I wish I was joking. I also realize I'll no doubt be punished by all regarding this choice and probably deservedly so. But this is just a case of Matt being Matt on this one. And then his last comment. Here was haters gonna hate <laughs> in true Matt fashion. So, um, well, so that gives us a nine to nothing shellacking so far, and brings us to the very last song on the album, which is No Lies versus the album closer for Blaze Stare at the Sun.
It starts off uh, with a good rock riff. It's got the whammy bar going on the uh, on the uh, guitar, which I like. It sounds really good. This is one of the songs I really, really liked back in the, you know 1990 when I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good rocking song. Um, you know, I, I like the chorus, the no lies, no angels, no heaven, and that whoa. I think that's really cool. Uh, it's probably one of the stronger, definitely one of the stronger. It's the first strong chorus he's had in a while. Um, I don't really love the way he sounds on the verses, you know, the way he kind of, the way he's delivering them. It just, it's, it's almost, I don't know how to describe it. I'm sure you'll have a better way to describe it than me. Um, but I really do like the chorus, even though it's just the same thing over and over. Um, the end, the ending of the song is interesting as well. You know, the way it kind of plays out and plays it, then it gets down to just a bass and drums and then it just stops. And then a few seconds go by and it's like, and then they go right back into the chorus and sing it a few times. And 
So I, I do like this one. This is definitely one of the stronger, I'd say this, I probably like about four songs on this album, like really like them. And this is one mm. of them. And this is probably the least of the ones I like. Um, yeah. Stare at the sun. Uh, it's another song with a slow start to it and it, to build into an epic song. It takes a couple of minutes to do it. And, you know, when Blaze starts singing, he's kind of singing ominously enough and it's, it builds and builds. And then it finally kicks into gear around the two minute mark. And, um, and man, when it kicks in, it's really worth it. It's just, it's something Maiden does really well too. They know how to build and build. And, um, there's really good riffing in this song. Uh, blazes the, what blaze is putting down. I'm picking up as Matt would say, (laughs) um, there's a really good pre-chorus, a really good chorus. Um, musically, the song is just killer as well. You know, with the soloing, with everything, I said the album finishes the way it started kicking ass and taking names. Bravo. So for me, this is, uh, even though I like no lies, it's a pretty easy choice to say that I'm going with stare at the sun. What about you? Sure. Um, I think no lies. It starts off a bit like bring your daughter, that opening riff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. Um, I, I didn't have a better way to describe, how he's singing lies and angels. I've just written, I don't like the way he's singing the words <laughs> like lies and angels. No angels. It's just, just a horrible delivery. Yeah. A, it's not like it's a bad song. It's a massive step up from the last two songs. Yeah. Yeah. The chorus is pretty good. It would be if you're singing it better. The <laughs> instrumental section's good. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of disappointed by the false ending. I thought this album was over. And <laughs> yeah, just when um, you thought you were done, they pull you back yeah. in. <laughs> and um, Stare at the Sun's an absolute banger. I love it. I think it's about the end of the world, but it makes me feel really happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got that the slow intro builds for the first couple of minutes, and it ends with a slow outro, but it's it's really nicely done. Mm-hmm. Um He's also got this bit where he says, is this real or am I still alive? Mm-hmm. So maybe he was going to take this song to Maiden as well. I don't know. Um, I just absolutely love the chorus on this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a fabulous ending to the album. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Stare at the Sun wins for me. Excellent, excellent. All right, so uh, we got uh, I mean, that makes it a winner already, but we'll go ahead and see mm-hmm. what Matthew has to say. No lies or stare at the sun, he says. Stare at the sun. This song absolutely kills anything uh, Bruce has done on his first album, comma, second album, yes, including Tears of a Dragon, and Skunk Work. So he's saying stare at the sun, I believe, is better than anything on Bruce's first three solo albums. Uh Great. Let's see, yeah, wait. that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I would agree with that. I don't know if I would go quite that far. But um, but it, it doesn't take the fact away of it being a fabulous song. Um, he says, this could have been a great opening track, but also a great way for Blaze to finish his first solo album. Great vocal delivery and guitar work. I love the speedy little chunk of guitar at the end of the second line in each chorus. Yeah, me too. Uh, Solo's awesome. One of my all-time favorite Blaze tracks. So much to like. And um, so that gives us a uh, 10 for 10 here. We only had two songs that that 
Bruce even got a vote on. So I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to read Matthew's closing statement here. He says, "Overall, Bruce was looking for something fun to put together in a couple of weeks. He had nothing to lose doing Millionaire." And I'll say, I'll, I'm gonna. We're gonna interject here. I am. I totally disagree because uh, you remember Mark that we had on with us a while back from Australia, correct? Yes. He did not listen to any Bruce solo albums up until recently because of the bad taste in the mouth that he got from this album. So when he says he had nothing to lose, like he did because that's what people. I remember well, hearing that's it. Right. I didn't listen to any of his solo albums until like maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. Because I was thinking it was going to be more of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely, I mean, he didn't have anything to lose maybe in a big roundabout way, but I mean, yeah, I remember I, I wasn't, I was just, I picked up the next one when it came out because he was gone. And when I heard, you know, whenever Skunk Works kicked in immediately, I was like, thank God Bruce is doing some heavy music again. And he's singing again. He's not just doing just these crappy songs. Um, mm-hmm. He said uh, he was still going to be the singer in Maiden regardless of what people were going to say about this album. But for Blaze, his journey makes me think of the Wasp track, the Titanic Overture from Crimson Idol. Something that started out full of promise and excitement for him. Pretty much ended in disaster for a variety of reasons, much of which he had no control over. I assume he means being in Maiden. Um, But when he came out with this album, it showed that he could... It showed what he could have been doing with Maiden, which is very true. He obviously learned a lot with his time in Maiden and put everything into a fresh start, and it shows, which totally agree. It's just a shame that the bad taste of his time with Maiden prevents some people from giving his later work a fair listen when there is a wealth of material in his catalog. I don't think I can disagree with really any of that other than that one line that I said, so... What's your overall uh, impression of these two albums when, you, when it's all said and done? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's really hardly a fair fight because, you know, as Matt says, Bruce has not really put his heart and soul into this, has he? Maybe mm. one or two songs. Um, and he's also, he's not in his peak singing ability. And Blaze has just put absolutely everything he's got into this. Mm-hmm. And it just really shows. And it's a, it's a metal album, so... Yeah. Well, and you okay. think about this because because the point Matt made about that one song being better than anything from Skunk Works or from Balls to Picasso, that's Bruce's first three solo albums. So basically, Matt is saying that Blaze's first solo album as a whole, obviously, because that one song's even on it, is better than Bruce's first three solo albums. And that's a big statement. I mean, I think Bruce. Well, I has, don't know if you're saying that the whole album is better. Well, but as a whole, I mean, the one song that's, it's obviously but, got that song in it, and he likes most everything on here. So he would have to sure. say, I think he would have to say that, because I don't think he's a real big fan of, I know he's not a big fan of um, Balls to Picasso. Well, well, he said Balls to Picasso was less good than Tattooed Millionaire. So, yes, you, you're probably right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I feel like. It, this would have been a lot more. Di- this would have been a lot more fair to me if it was Boston Picasso because I like Boston Picasso much better than Tattooed. So, either way, we'll we'll save that for another day. Um, but overall, let's see. Oh, you know what? We have a uh, tiebreaker here, just in case we were going to need a tiebreaker, which I was starting to fear because um, have some of the com- <laughs> some of the comments you made to me during the week. I was just like, 
I, I even told Matt, I said, I swear, if you guys sabotage me on this, this I will turn. I just really wanted yeah. um, to hear your reaction to Tattoo <laughs> Millionaire winning. It would have been so funny. It would have been... Um, the, it would have been the spoken word show part too, except I would have, yeah. I told him, I said, I swear to Matt, if, if tattooed millionaire wins my con, my, I'm turning this to an explicit podcast and I'm going to cuss y'all out so bad. <laughs> I I said, I will not. I said, I, I think I even told you, I said, I'll blow my fuse if it happens. You did. You did. And I would, I was like, oh, I just really want that to happen. But <laughs> you know, I, I can't lie. I, I was worried, you know, when I, I got Matt's email, you know, like, and I just opened it right before we started here. Because it was just a couple hours ago when he told me he wasn't going to be able to make it. And I just glanced at all his choices really fast. Because I was like, what's he doing here? Because I didn't know which direction you were going to go. And I looked and he only had two choices for Bruce. And I was like, okay. Okay, we ought to be good here then. Because that means, well, I, I knew we were good. Because I thought, yeah. I'm gonna, I, I knew what I was going to choose. So, um, okay. So, bonus, I wrote, bonus round if there's a tie. We will go the very first song from each person's respective album with uh first album with iron maiden so let's just go number 11 here kirsty so we're gonna go and just to pick you don't have to give any descriptions if you don't like to but sign of the cross versus invaders oh <laughs> all right well um i do very much like invaders yeah. i just want to say that um even if it has got a slightly weak chorus it's just excellent yeah. Just the way it just sort of bursts out and showcases his voice. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but, you know, Sign of the Cross, it's just, uh, it's epic. It's just really interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. I'd like to say that Sign of the Cross is better. I agree. I agree. So Does, um, does that mean that Blaze would have won? <laughs> yeah, Blaze would have won because I would have chose Sign of the Cross as well. I yeah. don't. I don't know if Matthew, I, I I mentioned it to him when I talked to him and he just kind of laughed when I said it. And I'm pretty sure I know what that means. No, but yeah. I mean, he's a big X Factor fan. So yeah. And I think invaders, I, I've never, the only thing, like the only thing about invaders that to me is bad is that do, 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 do. I mean, other than that, I, I really like the song. I mean, it's never been one up until, you know, once you get into podcast world and, you start hearing people saying things like that. Oh, Invaders, that it's just not nearly as strong. It's just, you know, Gangland is a terrible song and, you know, that kind of talk. And I, granted, those aren't yeah. the stronger songs on the album, but they're still good. So, And now here we are on a podcast, probably spoiling a song for somebody else, which is quite sad, really. I don't know. I don't think there's that many people that are going to be getting spoiled. I, I, What I think will come of this is there will be some people that will, that will, be more interested in checking blades out. So yeah, I really hope so. That's what I'm hoping for. So, um, okay. So I think that really covers everything we were going to talk about here. We, we, we got through all of that. And, um, so, so I guess, I guess we should just go ahead and call it a day or a night. Ooh, yeah. I got to call it a night. I got to be at work in the morning. So I will say this, Kirsty. On behalf of myself, on behalf of the flip-flop thong horseshite guru, Matthew, and on behalf of you, Kirsty, in Perth. On behalf of Blaze, and Bruce, from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys.
있습니다. 